Hello, this is The 100 Club. I'm Tom and I'm joined by Rich and we've got an interview today with the podcasting legend, cricketing legend, that is Kate Cross. It's fair to say I'm a little nervous, but let's see how this goes. Kate, hi. Do you know what? It's bad when you get introduced for your podcast before you cricket. So that's a great start. <laughs> that is a great start. I'm already blushing here and unfortunately because this is videoed as well, I don't get away with it. Um, how are you doing anyway? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you both doing? We are good, thank you. Um, I want to know how you've spent your afternoon. Has it been armour plating a bus that you're about to drive with Manchester written on the side of it towards Headingley? You know what? I've not thought about that. Um, yeah, we probably should, shouldn't we? Um, it's interesting, you know, because obviously it's a brand new tournament. The affiliations are there with, you know, we've seen the home crowd advantage, that kind of thing. Um, but I thought the rivalry wouldn't be there yet with the, the local derby. However, I, we said yesterday in the dressing room after we, we lost to um, London Spirit, we said we've still got the opportunity to stop the superchargers from qualifying. And I've never seen a room just light up so much. And that was coming from our coach, who's a Yorkshireman, saying that he wanted to go over there and, and beat them. So, um, yeah, there's obviously still a lot to play for for us in this tournament, um, a lot of it being pride. So we're looking forward to going over there. And I guess the um, expectation of what the Western Terrace will be like as well for the girls fielding on the boundary. Yeah, it's we another sellout. We, we had a we chat to, that, uh, yeah. to Liz Russell at the Superchargers earlier. And uh, yeah, they're, they're aware of it too. <laughs> it is great though, isn't it? I mean, we see it so much in football. You see it so much in rugby and probably not so much in the women's cricket arena. Um, we obviously feel it when we go and play Yorkshire as a Lancashire team. Um, but I think that that's something that's really exciting about the 100 is that these identities have been created. Um and I don't, you know, I don't know why, but there's some teams in this tournament that I don't like, and I just don't, I don't know why. Um, and it's kind of happened quite quickly. It's quite authentic, which I guess is what the hundreds after, which is good. Yeah, it is, and I think it's doing its job, and that we, we're getting the new fans that we really hope for. That's that's what I wanted as a, a, you know, a cricket lover. I wanted new fans to get it, and we're seeing that, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't. Uh, people have asked me that quite a lot, and I don't know why, and I don't know how. Um, maybe it's the more more the exposure that we're getting on the BBC and the fact that all the games are covered on Sky. I think the fact that there's a game every day is really helpful. Um, you know, I've seen that firsthand playing over in Australia in the Big Bash, how people buy into that tournament because there is a game every day. And similarly with the IPL, there's always cricket on the television, which is incredible, especially when the kids are off holiday and it's raining and, you know, you've got you need to find something for them to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know how it's happened, but it, it's genuinely felt like there is a new set of people who are interested in cricket, which is like, I'm a cricket fan as well. It's amazing that that's happening and I want more people to play the sport and have the experiences that I've had. So um, yeah, like I don't know how they've done it, but they've managed it and it's been amazing. And the crowds have been something that's been a massive tick for me um, in terms of expectation level. I thought, you know, it was quite low with the crowds, but it's been, it's completely exceeded it. Okay. My mum is a fan of London spirit men, but Southern brave women. Is that allowed? Why not? Why? <laughs> yeah, it's not anybody. If they want to support, let them support whoever they want. But if you can support the Manchester Originals, we really need it. So we're actually yeah. getting a lot of that with the podcast. We're getting a lot of people who listen to our podcast that are from down south and they support their local team men. But because of the podcast, they'll support the Manchester Originals girls. So, yeah, we've got some fans, but unfortunately, they're not very happy fans at the minute. Well, yeah, it's not been maybe like the, the dream tournament, but you have had some successes personally and as a team and you know one of the things you have done is beating the Southern Brave who currently look like you might be the only team to achieve that in the tournament maybe so I mean it's close right and is it felt close all the way through? 
We've actually said, yeah, because we beat the top um, team in the tournament, we're actually the best team in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's like um, heavyweight, heavyweight boxing. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works, I've heard. So uh, we go straight through to the final. So we'll see you at Lords. Um, <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, it, you know what? It's been quite tough, actually. Certainly as captain, there's a lot that goes on off the field and I guess the stuff that people don't really see too much. So I found that side of it really tough. But I've loved the challenge of the new format and thinking about cricket differently. Um, that's been a really nice challenge. Um, and actually, the tactics have kind of come quite naturally in terms of I, I thought I'd find it difficult going from overs to balls. Um, and that's just seemed to happen quite authentically as well. And so much so we have a monitoring system that we have to fill in every day so that England can keep track of our overs and stuff. And I find it really difficult now converting it back to overs rather than balls because <laughs> I'm used to, kind of got used to that. So, um, yeah, that's been interesting how quickly you've, we've fallen into it. But um, I keep saying as well, we're such a young team. Um, you know, we've got Emma Lamb opening the batting. She's 22. We've got three amazingly experienced overseas players who have been fantastic around the group. Um, but then the people around that that we're really proud of come from our region in terms of the the Thunder team. And, you know, we're trying to build a squad that hopefully stays together for the next five years, three, five years. Um, it's going to take time to see that success. And I already think that we've had quite um, a unique journey as a team in just the seven have we played seven games? Eight games that we've played? What? No, we've not played that many yet, have we? We've played six. Six, six three. Well, five, I think you had one rained out, didn't you? Yeah, so we spoke about, you know, we've had this crisis meeting halfway through where we said we weren't playing the cricket that we know we can play. You know, when I bowl at Lizelle Lee in the net, I am frightened for my life. <laughs> and then I want to see her go and do that to Izzy Wong or Catherine Brunt or whoever it is. And we just weren't quite clicking in terms of, um, I guess, the fear of failure. There was a bit too much around um i guess how big the tournament has been and how visible it is and the scrutiny that comes with that so um i think we forget sometimes because we've seen emma lamb play cricket for 10 years for lancashire and dominate that that is still a new experience for her going out and playing in front of thirteen thousand at the oval so and, and I, I from my point of view as well i play international cricket and i've never played in front of crowds like this um so i think there's a lot that we expect of the players who are very young and quite inexperienced still, which hopefully we'll see in the next couple of years, you know, we'll yeah. really push forward. I think that's been one of the things I've really enjoyed about the tournament because I, I think I've, I watch quite a bit of women's cricket, but I tend to watch the international stuff. So, you know, familiar with it, you know, players like yourself and the Heather Knights and the Tammy Beaumonts of this world, but it's that kind of next generation of players. So you mentioned Izzy Wong, um, obviously Emma Lamb in your team, Ellie Threlkeld, a uh, fantastic keeper, loved watching her. You know, is that sort of next level of players that we're getting to know that I've, I've sort of really enjoyed in the tournament? Yeah, and I, th I think the Super League probably started that for us, didn't it? It kind of got those names out there. And um, I think now that we've got the regional contracts, that's it's going to fly in the next two years because you've got... We, I mean, we saw the interna how the international standard increased as soon as we got professional contracts. Well, not as soon as, that's probably a bit um, naive, maybe two or three years after we got our professional contracts. So, you know, there's definitely a bit of um, teething time, I guess, to get those players into a position where going out and playing on that stage is normal for them because they're still used to playing at Chester Borton Hall with, you know, mum, dad and dog watching on a Sunday. Um, and the live stream has helped that, I think, with the regional mm -hmm. stuff. But, um, yeah, I think we've almost kind of been thrown in at the deep end in a way because it's gone from not a lot to a, a big tournament that we didn't know would be this big. Um, which is so exciting and people will learn so quickly that way. But yeah, there's definitely, I feel like we're in a really weird phase at the minute where we still, 
um we're trying to be very professional but there's a lot of things that it's new, it's new for a lot of people um and we're just expecting maybe a bit too much too soon certainly maybe that's how i feel about our squad as well um but it's still it honestly it's been amazing to be a part of and like i said it's completely exceeded my expectations um and it's even though we've not had the success that we wanted i've still like thoroughly enjoyed it which is, i guess is the mark of a good tournament yeah, I think for me, one of the one of the highlights and or one of the very first things I remember was seeing Emma Lamb come out to bat and her jaw just dropping as all these fireworks and everything else was going off. And then we were lucky enough to chat to Sue Redfern last week, who was clearly umpiring in the game as well. She's saying, I was just so nervous myself. And if you've been around the game as long as she has, you wonder how it, how it carries on. Yeah, but, well, I spoke to Sue, obviously, because captain, we had a debrief, what debrief, we had a pre-brief is that the right word we had a chat before the game um and sue you could tell she was really nervous and then i was thinking geez i i roughly know the rules and i'm going to go out and give it a really good go (laughs) if i have a question sue has to know the rules so you know we were very reliant on the umpires in that first game so i just said to her i was like let's just go and enjoy it this is you know we're all making history here let's have a great day and whatever happens we can have a laugh about it if we mess it up so yeah. It's been a big tournament for you, not only playing, you've been involved in the broadcast side. And of course, I have to, have to ask about the, uh, the the brilliant podcast, No Balls, the cricket podcast. My question is, it's, like, it's slightly strange talking to you now, because having listened to so much of it recently, I sort of feel like I know you, yet obviously <laughs> I'm a complete stranger to you. Do people sort of come up to you and telling you that all the time, that you know, they feel like they know you because of the podcast. Yeah. Do you know what? We're actually really proud of that. And I think that's something that we didn't know how big the podcast would get. We did it selfishly. We did it for ourselves at the beginning, you know, when Al lost a contract and uh, she needed a little bit of focus and someone told us we were funny. So we went with it and thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll try. Um, but I think that's been something that I'm, yeah, like I'm just really proud to come out of, well, how long we'll do it for, I don't know, but the biggest thing for me is the mental health side of it. That's been, you know, my biggest tick in the box is that we've been able to help so many people through what was a really tough phase in lockdown. And we got a lot of feedback with that, but it's so ironic you say that because I actually read a message yesterday on Instagram from someone um, and they have our picture, the Nobles account as their um, picture, which is quite nice. And they said exactly that. They said, you know, I, you don't know who I am, but you've affected our lives so much. I feel like I'm one of your friends. And, I guess that's testament to me and Al for being ourselves on the podcast. And that's all we ever wanted to be because we wanted people to get to know us and what it is genuinely like to be a professional athlete, certainly in the female world and the difficulties that we face sometimes with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just good fun. We've said it on the pod, you'll know that, but we treat it as therapy. It's our chance to get our beef out with each other in, in a week and, and get it all out there. And um, more than anything, we love doing it. Um, and like we're really obviously genuinely chuffed when people enjoy listening to it as well. Yeah, it is great. And, you know, the chemistry's there. And I like in the Manchester Originals social media stuff as well. There's loads of it out there and people are checking it out. But it's quite obvious that as a team, you've got really great chemistry as well. And I'm just, I want to know, is, is is that you two, that's yourself and, and Alex, pushing that? Or is there some third party in the team who's actually more of the troublemaker? Um, we've got a few troublemakers in this team, you know. Um, you obviously, well, you might have seen the prank that they all pulled on me, where they wrapped my kit up in cling film. I still, need, you got any ideas, by the way, for how to get them back? I'd really appreciate it. Um, but we, I, I guess, we're lucky because our, other than Cordelia and the three overseas players, we've got our region, 
So all the girls who've trained through the winter together then have the opportunity to go and play this tournament, which I think is really special because certainly around the affinity to the team, the affinity to the city of Manchester and what we're trying to create in terms of um, being the leading entertainment, sporting entertainment in the city. Um, I know we've got a lot to do to try and take over City and United, but um, we've got ambitions, which is, I guess, another Mancunian way. So um, I think that's it's um, really cool that we, as a group, can go from our region also into this tournament and feed the Manchester Originals with the girls that we're trying to bring through in the region. So I hope, well, if it has come across that we do have a good chemistry in the team, then I've, I'd like, well, I'd say it's probably down to that because we spend a lot of time together. Um, and it's, it's, it's genuinely been so good for me coming back from international duty and getting to spend so much time with girls that I've not really spent a lot of time with in the winter because I've been away so much. So like Dan Collins and Laura Jackson, they've been so much fun to be around and, um, yeah, I've, I've genuinely really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I'm a bit nervous for it to finish because I don't know what I'm going to do with my days because I'm going to have to spend more time with Bartley. So a bit nervous <laughs> Just that. Just you were touching on um, you know, being away with it with England there. And obviously what one thing we really hope about 100 is it brings those new fans in. They discover the other formats of the game. And one thing I particularly enjoyed earlier in the year was the test you guys played against India. Now, we didn't quite finish it off in the end, but that, that last day was just absolutely compelling cricket. You know, I think my wife was angry with me because I was just watching cricket all day. Um, how how can we Same get as every more... other day then, Rich. Same as every other day. <laughs> um, how can we get more women's tests that are scheduled? Um, well, now there's a lot more talk around it. I feel like, I genuinely feel like there's a, more of a leg to stand on in the women's game for pushing for test match cricket. Um, I've been a massive advocate for it since I made my test debut because I think... Um, I'll probably get a bit bored of saying this, but I think that's where you learn the skill of cricket because you have to do everything for a prolonged period of time. So um, boys grow up playing longer formats of the game. You know, they'll play two-day, three-day cricket, age group stuff. Um, and we don't get that luxury as female cricketers because of the lack of professionalism. So I think as we move forward and more teams become more professional, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing um, the multi-format series taken into a lot of different um not just England playing it, but I think, you know, when India plays South Africa, I think we'll see a bit more of that or I hope to see more of that. Um, but I, I genuinely think, and I, I think the 100 has proved this, is that if you market the players in the correct way and you let people know that there's women's cricket on, they will come and watch it. And like I said earlier, I've not I've not played in front of a crowd like we've played in the 100 in international cricket, other than when we were in Assam in India, um, you know, where it's religion over there and they'll go and watch anyone play cricket um but i think once there's an awareness out there that the the product is good which we've been banging on for a long time about now because we work so hard and we want people to come and watch us um i just feel like now that people are starting to see it we hopefully can transfer that to international cricket so um i think the ecb will see now that they can market us probably a bit more effectively, or I hope so anyway. Um, but I will be interested to see how the New Zealand series goes in September and what kind of crowds we get for that if mm. you know, if we manage to sell out. But I would love the ECB to see an ambition of maybe selling out the Oval for a T20 on a Friday night when England play New Zealand or whoever it might be who comes over. So um, that's, really, that's a really exciting place for us to be as players as well because um, I guess what we've been saying for so many years is now starting to translate in ticket sales and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that leads me to my final question. If you, if 
forgive me, is, is how this goes forward now. Because obviously you've got captaincy responsibilities and you've got the regional side, you've got the England commitments as well. How much do you think the club, the Manchester Originals, are going to continue between years and seasons? How much do you think you'll have an involvement yourself to do that player development, to continue that momentum that's been built up? Um, I mean, I'd love to be involved in it for as long as I can be. I don't know how long my career is going to be. I'm a fast bowler, so that's obviously not necessarily going to be too much, well, maybe not too much longer, but um, fingers crossed, touch wood with injuries and things like that. Um, but I'm also really passionate about women's cricket and I've I've started doing a master's in sports directorship in the view that I want to try and influence women's cricket moving forward from behind the scenes as well. So um, whether I'm playing or hopefully directing at some point, um, if Daniel Gidney watches this, and hopefully my image in five years' time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm genuinely passionate about young girls having a an option to play cricket for a living and that transition being really smooth from being that five-year-old little girl in the garden to them being able to come and play in front of a packed house at Old Trafford when they play London Spirit, whoever it might be. So um, I think because I had a journey where I was the first to do a lot of things, which I'm very proud of, but also... I didn't know I was doing it at the time, if you know what I mean. It, it was just part of my journey and I was just playing as much cricket as I could and I so happened that um, things went well for me and then was able to kind of knock on doors, I guess, to be able to break boundaries and, and push things forward. Um, but I don't want the girls to have that journey that I had. I want it to just be smooth and, um, yeah, like I said, I'm really passionate about that. So hopefully if I'm not involved in the cricket pitch, then I can influence it in another way somehow. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, you know, you're a tremendous advocate for the game and we're fans. We love it. So thank you on that sense. Thank you so, much. Thank you so much. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, we've loved chatting to you um, and we wish you all the very best for tomorrow's game at Headingley. Go smash thank them. You. Who, who are you supporting tomorrow? Welsh Fire, as every day. <laughs> no, Manchester Originals, of course. Thank you. The Originals. We'll support the Originals. Yeah. That's the yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Go strong. No worries. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.